you, praise team, so much. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. want to welcome you out today to Community Heights Church. Thank you for wor- choosing to worship with us here today. I want to welcome our online folks as well. We've got uh, some people watching and worshiping with us um, today, and I'm sure you're tired of the bluegrass music. We've been in listening to that for a while now, and, and we're going to finish up this series today uh, in Spiritual Fruit. And we've been looking at this, these couple of verses in Galatians 5 that talk about the fruits of the Spirit. And if we call ourselves a Christian, there are these qualities, these characteristics that are supposed to be evident in our life. Um, I remember Adrian Rogers, a really good, you know, old school preacher, um, said this, that um, God wants spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. (laughs) And, you know, that's so true. I mean, these these are the characteristics that should be evident in the life of a real believer, a genuine believer. You know, these, these should come out. And uh, let's read the verses together. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, against such things there is no... Law. So like I mentioned today, we're going to be wrapping up this series and we're going to be talking about self-control. You know, that's a big topic, very important topic. And all of us, every single person in this world struggles with self-control to a degree, some, some, some more than others. Um, and I'm going to give you the definition of self-control when you need to prepare yourself because it's so deep. It's, it's so technical. Are you ready? Self-control is the ability to control yourself (laughs) right did that go over everybody's head i mean that's how simple it is but it's so hard it's so hard to put that into practice and and look i want to be serious uh with what i'm about to say there is a battle going on right now there is a spiritual battle that most people even Christians simply are not aware of. It's a battle for your flesh. It's a battle between your old self and your, your new self, you see. It's, it's a spiritual battle. And I just need to ask you this this morning. And as soon as, as, soon as I ask you this, the Spirit's going to start talking to you, all right? Is there an area of your life that's out of control? Is, is there something in your life that, that you're thinking about now that you need to get under control? You know, it could be finances. So many people, um, their finances, money is out of control, spending more than, than they are making, you know could be materialism maybe maybe you look at your life and you want more and more and more and you're like that guy in the bible that jesus talked about he wanted so much stuff and accumulated so much stuff that he built storage sheds to place his stuff in maybe that's out of control maybe it could be food it could be food look i I like food i like sweets you know, I can't eat like I used to. 
getting older and I'm still wanting to eat the same stuff, you can't do that anymore. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that as well, and some more than others. And, and the food is just out of control. It could be alcohol or drugs. You know, maybe, maybe you're looking at this and you're thinking, well, alcohol really isn't a sin. The Bible doesn't say I can't drink, but yet you drink a little too much. Or, or with drugs, you know, um, you don't have to be hiding in, in the street corners, in the shadows, to be a drug addict. You know, maybe through um, surgery or some kind of medical event, maybe you've become addicted to medication. Maybe that's out of control. Could be, could be sex. It could be immorality. You know, it could be could be could be lust. It could be success. And, and you have this vision of your life in your mind of where you want your life to be, and that's all that you are about. And you will you will set aside everything else that matters to you in order to achieve that goal even your own family. Or maybe it's self-image. You've got a picture of who you want to be in your mind and you spend so much time and effort in portraying an image that you want to be. Maybe that's out of control. Maybe it's emotions. Right now, there's a lot of emotion in our country, in our world. Maybe you are in need of controlling your emotions, your your anger, your feelings, how that comes out, right? You see, folks, listen. Everybody, young to old, struggles with self-control. Bought some donuts yesterday morning, and they're pretty much gone, and it wasn't me. It was Callie. had to take her to just jump just to jump it off <laughs> sorry that was corny look everybody struggles with self-control and look there are some very important consequences that i must share with you because you need to know them all right first of all when you lose self-control ironically you actually are allowing something else to control you Whatever you give over, whatever is out of control in your life, actually that is the thing that controls you. That is the thing that masters you. And what does that mean? That means you are a slave to that thing. And what's very interesting is that the beginning of chapter 5 in Galatians, Paul talks about that very thing. He says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Therefore, do not quickly return to the yoke of slavery. He says that very thing. And when you lose self-control, you are a slave to whatever that thing is. That thing or several things. Not only that, but when we lose self-control, we actually are slowly opening the door to sin. 
and, and allowing sin to, to come in and slowly destroy our lives. Look at Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Now, I know culturally speaking, this doesn't really mean much to us. We don't really relate to this. But then the walls were the major part of the city. Without walls, there was no strength, there was no fortification, there was no protection. And if a city had broken down walls, slowly what would happen over time, bandits would come in, take things away, the city would die. It would become a ruin over time. Look, when we have lack of self-control, it increases the likelihood of self-destruction. It does. It can wreck your life. It can destroy your marriage. It can tear apart your family. It could destroy your future. It can have a negative impact on your job. It can ruin your friendships. It can destroy your health and your quality of life. Look, God doesn't want that for you. And look, you should not want that for yourself. So how do we get self-control and how do we keep it right getting it's one thing and, and keeping it is is another first of all i've got a few things for you first of all take authority over your actions need to need to take authority over your actions look um let's chat for just a minute and be honest self-control is so hard because it's telling yourself no It's saying no to you. You're saying no to yourself. It's it's denying yourself. But that's so inter interesting because that's what Jesus told us to do. Look at not Luke 9, 23. This is Jesus speaking. Then he said to all of them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So look, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must must deny yourself and really when you think about it that's what self-control is it's denying yourself it's restraining yourself it's telling yourself no um alistair Begg, who is a, um, a famous preacher he says this self-control is the toughest weed to pull in the garden of life the toughest one why is that you think because it's the battle with the person in the mirror it's telling yourself no you know we really like to tell others no don't we because <laughs> they can't do that no way but it's different looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you can't do that no way you know the truth is though you can't be a follower of christ according to christ According to Jesus, you can't be a follower of him, and you can't be all that what God wants you to be without having self-control. You just can't. And you might say, look, I can't. I've tried it, and I've failed before. It doesn't work out well for me. Or um, I've got so many issues going on. This is too hard. This area of my life almost seems out of control. As a matter of fact, my parents, my mom or my dad, my grandparents had this struggle and it's just kind of handed down over to me and I'm just out of luck. I, I, there's nothing that I can do to get self-control. We can think of a million, a million quote-unquote good reasons. 
But the truth is you can. You can, and here's why. As a Christian, you have God on your side, and you have God in you. You have God inside of you. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love. And look, there it is. Self-control. So we're talking about these fruits of the spirit. If you're a Christian, God's spirit resides within you. And part of those fruits, one of those fruits is self-control. It's in you already. And all these verses started coming to my mind when I read that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can. Yes, you can control it. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Yes, you can. You can control that. With God, all things are possible. Yes, you can. You can control that. You have God in you. You know, you just have to come to a point where you realize that truth. You have to take authority over your actions actions because you have the one with all authority living within you. You have to be willing to take back control, take a stand for whatever it is in your life that's out of control. You have to say, I'm, I'm not going to allow anything else to control me in this world. I'm not going to allow something else to destroy or take away my future. I'm not going to allow something else to disrupt my family or take away from my marriage or to wreck my life. Um, I'm not going to let self-control lead me to a life of sin. I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. I'm a believer in Jesus, and I want my faith to be real. And I believe God is greater than anything in this world, and he is with me. That's what you have to say. Take authority over your actions. Well, how do you do that practically? Got a couple of things, and then we'll close. Use your words wisely. Use your words wisely. And we really need that today, don't we? Um, the Bible tells us that our words are powerful. I'm not talking about bad breath. I'm talking about powerful words. The Bible says that our words have the ability to bring life or death. Is that pretty powerful? Yeah, it is. So that tells us that we need to use wisdom with our words. Look at Proverbs 21, 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. You know, guard there means to pay attention. And it, and it means to control. Self-control there. To think before you speak. To use wisdom with your words. Look, if you don't, It'll either get you in trouble at some point or you will end up hurting somebody else. We all have said things that we wish we could take back. We all have. And for us today, this doesn't just involve spoken words, but it's what we say through text, through emails, through social media. We need to control our tongues and our thumbs. We did a series on social media a while back, and I really feel like we need to do it again. <laughs> you know? 
you know, right now people are saying so much. Um, with the pandemic going on, you've got the school versus the no school people. Those who want to do it, those who, no way, my kid's going to, into that, right? We've got the mask, we've got the no mask people. You, you've got to wear a mask. No, I ain't wearing no mask. I'm right, you're wrong. You're wrong, I'm right. You pick a side. We're drawing lines. We're using all kinds of words and communication. And we got protest going on rioting we've got an election i am right you are wrong it's like there's this endless buffet of opportunities for us to lose control with what we say right you know let me ask you this what if god were listening to the conversations that you are having What if God was reading your texts that you send? Or what if God was monitoring your social media? Would he be disappointed? You know, you know the answer to that. He does see. He does. He he does hear. He he knows everything that you do and everything that you say and look i'm just going to be blunt if you're a christian you need to come to the point where you realize that your actions and your words mean something to god we need to come to a point where we realize how we act and how we speak affect a holy and just god we do Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let, what is that? Control. Control. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So do not let it. Take control of that. Take control of your words. Take control of how you communicate. And it says unwholesome there, and your translation might say corrupt or foul language. Look, I I know how easy it is to get wrapped up into conversations with people and you're talking about just trash. You're talking about garbage. You're talking about dirty jokes and stuff like that. It's good to, at a point, sometimes say, look, is this good? Is what we're talking about good? Is it helpful? Is it benefiting anything? You know, and, and, and honestly, there are a lot of things that are just left unsaid. You know, the truth is, when we look out, there are a lot of people hurting right now. There are a lot of people sad there are a lot of people mad there are a lot of people emotional there are a lot of people worried there are a lot of people fearful and folks people need to see something different in you and in me in the way we communicate in the way we talk they need to see christ they need to see christ 
through that. You know, James said, says that the tongue is the hardest part of the body to control. And if you do that, you would be perfect. Anybody know any perfect people out there? All right. That's how hard it is. But that's how important it is. Well, how can I better control what I say? You know, the Scripture teaches us that what comes out is evidence of what is in, right? Now, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks is what the Scripture teaches us. So we need to win the war for our minds. Win the war for our minds. You know, like I mentioned at the beginning, there is a battle going on, and most of the time we don't even realize it, and maybe we don't care. But there's a struggle between your flesh and your spirit. And you know who else is involved? The enemy. Satan. And he would love nothing more than to mess you up in your head. Than to mess with your mind. Actually, that's what his name means. Literally, is deceiver is deceiver. 1 Peter 5.8, look at this. And this is a warning. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Our enemy is out there right now looking for somebody to tear down, to destroy. You look, our battle isn't physical. It is spiritual, folks. The enemy is looking for an opportunity to destroy you, to destroy your life, to destroy your faith, to destroy your walk with Christ, to destroy your witness to others. And you know how he does it? He does it to our weakest part, our mind. Our mind. He wants us to get to think about ourselves. And and what he's doing when he does that is little by little, we start loosening control little by little. Think about it. Just think about back to Adam and Eve. Where did that battle start? In the mind. Did God say that? This, this looks good. I want that. God's won't hurt too much. This can't be that bad. Look what happened. You know, that thing that is out of control in your life, whatever it is, it started in your mind. It started with a thought. I like this. I like that. I, I'd like to have more of that. This isn't so bad. That there's others that are other people are doing this. It can't be that bad. It's probably okay. Who's going to find out? Nobody's going to know. I'll be okay. This won't last long. This won't be a problem for me. This won't turn out into anything bad. This won't devastate my life. You see how easy it is to get wrapped up into that? Romans 12, 2. Do not, you see that? Control. Self-control. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test 
and approved what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, the battle is for your mind, and you have to renew it. How do you do that? It's very simple, but so very important. You've got to have more of God in your mind than more of the world. You've got to. You've got to get more of God in. Look, you've got to read your Bible. I feel like we've gotten away from, from that. You've got to read your Bible. Look, God's Word is, is old, but God's Word should never get old. Never. Need to read more of God's Word. We don't just need to make America great again. We need to make God's Word great again in our lives. Um, we need to spend time in prayer, actually, actually talking to God. Spending time in prayer, talking to God. Alone. Communicating with Him. We need to listen to Christian music, whatever that looks like. Look, I know, I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking, but I'm not kidding. It's in the mind. And slowly but surely, you're going to think this is okay, then you're going to think that's okay, then you're going to loosen and loosen and loosen until what? I mean, I can go over there and work out and listen to, to garbage. And I used to think, man, it's just workout music. It's okay. Do you see how, that, how I started with that? It's okay. No, we need to make sure that, that what goes in, we need to guard our minds. What goes in needs to be beneficial to us, not get us to loosen up. We need to, we need to watch who we are around all the time. We need to surround ourselves with people of faith. I'm not saying you can't be friends with non-believers, but I'm telling you, I promise you, you will start acting like those around you if you're not careful. Loose. You'll loosen. You'll loosen. You'll begin to think this is okay, or this conversation's okay, or this joke is okay, or it's okay to talk about this with this person, or this movie is okay because they're watching it. You see? got to be careful with with more of god coming in over time that will strengthen you you will begin to see clearer and this tells us that we will be able to know what god's will is to know what we need to do or what we don't need to do we will know better what we need to say or we don't need to say you see more of god well what's the result of a life that's self-controlled i'm going to close out here with a couple of things. There are, there are great benefits to a self-controlled life. First of all, self-control is God-controlled. Self-control is God-controlled. I know this sounds, if you read this, it doesn't make sense, but it's, it's true. If we exhibit self-control in reality, that's a fruit of the Spirit, and what we're doing is allowing God to control our lives by default when we do that. And look, when I say God control, there's no better place for your life to be, is there? When God controls your life. Um, remember that Carrie Underwood song, Jesus Take the Wheel, right? Y'all remember that? Uh, I sing that every time my wife drives. Loud, I'm you know, raising my hands. You know, but I kind of forget how that song goes, but it's like her life's her life's a mess. And she's like, Jesus help me, which is good and all. 
But we need to we need to think. Jesus don't just take the wheel, but God drive the car. Don't just take the wheel when I when I'm in trouble. I want you to drive the car, and I'll sit and I'll let you drive, and I will trust you. And where you go, I'll go. I'll sit back. You see, self control is is God control. Galatians five twenty five. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know what this means? Since we live by the Spirit means this. You are alive because of the Spirit. Before the Spirit, you were dead. And in fact, without the Spirit of God, you would still be dead spiritually. You are alive now. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you are spiritually alive for all eternity because of the Spirit, you see. Since that is true... Why would you go off and do whatever you wanted to and live a life out of control, out of the, outside of the Spirit? It doesn't make sense. We need to make sure that we are, no, there's no way we can be perfect, you see. But we need to make sure that we are in step with the Spirit. We are to make sure that we are not way ahead of God, which most of us are. Most of us are very impatient and we're just like, no, I'm not waiting, we're going to go. No, 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 God's way back here. We need to wait sometimes. Or a lot of us are way far behind and we don't trust and we don't move forward in faith and God's wanting us to move forward and we're like, no, I'm good. Or maybe we're to the side and and we're way over here and we're just ignoring God altogether. That's not what this is saying. It's, It's when you give God control, it's step for step. It's, okay, God, you step and I'm following. You step and I'm following. I'm that close. And when God is in control, listen, God blesses. When God is in control, your life is is filled with his spirit. When God is in control, he shows favor to you. When God is in control, he strengthens you, and he carries you, and he provides for you. And my goodness, who doesn't want to be in that position? God control life. Secondly, self-control pays off in eternity, in eternity. Um, As Clark W. Griswold's cousin Eddie said, that's the gift that keeps on giving. I think that's what he said. (laughs) Self-control is the gift that gives forever. All right? Whatever we do in this life right now, right now, okay, Whatever we do to exhibit self-control pays off in the future. God rewards us for that in the end. Look at 1 Corinthians 9.25. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Okay, so what Paul is saying here is in his context, right, the Olympics, uh, these types of games were very popular, and so the athlete had to control themselves with their diet, with their exercise routine. They couldn't do all these other things. They couldn't eat all these other things. They had to be very disciplined in how they acted in order to win. And when they won, oh, man, they got a, they got a wreath, poison ivy to wear, right? I mean, but it dies. It doesn't last. And what he's saying with you and me, with Christians, it's different. When you exercise self-control, when you bring your body and your mind and your words under control for the Spirit, you get a wreath, but it doesn't die. It's imperishable. 
this made me think of Peter in Matthew 19. I love Peter because I can relate to him so much. But Peter followed Jesus, right? He was a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus was teaching some things that Peter wasn't expecting. And at some point, Peter said, Jesus, we, I have left everything to follow you. Everything. What's in it for me? Right? And Jesus said this. I'll never forget this. Whoever gives up something for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold in heaven. Wow. You see, I know it seems like when we say no to something in our lives or when we forego something or when we hold back that we are actually missing out. The truth is you're not missing out, but you're storing up. You're storing up. You're paying it forward when you're saying no to yourself. God will say yes to you in the future, and I'll take a yes from God any day of the week, wouldn't you? Now, the fruit of self-control, ironically, leads to a fruitful life. Not only now, but for eternity. And I don't know what that looks like. But God can grant some good gifts, can he? God can bless big, can he? That's what you have with self-control. I want to ask you to bow your heads.